Uh, just a couple of announcements this morning. Uh, we are having elections today. If you're a member, uh, some folks are coming around with the ballots if you haven't received one already. And uh, we'll collect those at the end of the service on your way out. Uh, so make sure you grab one. Anybody else need one? Need one down here, Gene. Yeah, on this other side. You're not a member yet. That's right. All righty. Uh, one other note, if you would, to be in prayer for Ken Hopper and his family uh, as he lost his sister last night um, with, against the battle with COVID. So a lot of people are, are facing that battle right now. A lot of families are going through it. We have a number of folks in our church family that are uh, down with it as well. So just continue to pray for Ken and his family and the rest of those who are hurting and sick today. As we begin our time of worship together, again, we want to say thank you for being here, being a part of the worship today. If you're a visitor with us today, if you would, text the word welcome. You see it in your bulletin there. You see it across the, the screen of, on, on your computer, perhaps. Uh, text the word welcome to 704-459-5575. We'd love to get to know you. Let, let us know you're here today in any way we can minister to you or with you. We'd love to know that and, and join with you in that, um, in that ministry. So let's, uh, as we continue our worship, let's, let's open up with a, a word of prayer. Almighty God, we do thank you for a glorious day. Lord, just a wonderful day that it is to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, Father, we come to you this morning and we lift up your holy name. For you are our creator. For you are, Lord, the, the creator of all the universe. You created each one of us, for you are God and we're not. And Father, because of that, we come to worship you today. And so, Father, as we open our hearts, we pray, Father, that you would pour out the Holy Spirit into us. Lord, that we might be changed today because of being in your presence. Father, we know that you love us and forgive us, Lord, when we fail you. Accept our, our plea for forgiveness today, Lord, and may our worship be pure and acceptable in your sight. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. What a glorious day it will indeed be. Yes, a day we are anticipating. Amen. Yes, sir. We are living in, in great anticipation of that. If you turn in your Bibles to Zephaniah, uh, you will find that they were anticipating such a day as well. Uh, that's where we're going to be this morning as we continue our series. And uh, the series 316 will be in Zephaniah chapter 3 uh, for most all of the day. <clears throat> as we look at that chapter and we see how it opens up, uh, he gets right to the point. Right, right. How, how many of you recall how Paul opens virtually all of his letters? It's, it's always a pleasantry when he... When he opens it up, uh, virtually every book that he wrote has a greeting that says grace to you and peace from God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What, a, Amen. What, what a graceful way to, enter to, to introduce uh, the letters to the churches, the epistles. And, uh, but, but Zephaniah, on the other hand, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He gets, he, he gets right to the point. He cuts right to the chase. And he began by noting the fulfillment of the day of the Lord. 
that the day of the Lord was coming when all of creation will be affected by God's judgment across all of the earth. It was a time for Him, uh, it was a time of evil and corruption and uh, it was just a misguided society that He was prophesying to. If we recall the other Old Testament prophets that we've been looking at over the, over the week, uh, recent weeks, we see that, uh, that they were proclaiming God's judgment to the same type of society. And I dare say to our society today, Zephaniah is no different in his proclamation. In Zephaniah chapter 1, uh, verses 2 through 7, he begins kind of laying out the lay of the land, what it's looking like. In, uh, in Zephaniah chapter 1, verses 2 through 7, he says, I will sweep away everything, from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away both men and animals. I will sweep away the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. The wicked will have only heaps of rubble when I cut, when I cut off man from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the lives of Jerusalem and all who live in Jerusalem. I will cut off from the place every remnant of Baal, the names of the pagan and the idolatrous priests, those who bow down on the roofs to worship the starry host, those who bow down to swear by the Lord and who, who also swear by Moloch, those who turn back from following the Lord and neither seek the Lord nor inquire of Him. Be silent before the sovereign Lord. For the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has preached, has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated those He has invited. Do you see this common theme among the prophets that we've, that we've studied in, in recent weeks? It's all, they're all preaching to a sinless or a sinful, godless nation. And as a result, it's going to lead to God's judgment. And how many times have we looked at our world today and think the very same thing of how the world that we're living in is so similar to what we read in the Old Testament and how God brought judgment on them. Folks, God is going to bring judgment on us too. <clears throat> now the word or the name Zephaniah means to protect or the Lord hides. And we'll see at the end of Zephaniah that that's exactly what God does. He, he protects His people. He hides His people from, from punishment. I would think that, that if Zephaniah prophesied today, he wouldn't be very well received. He wouldn't be very well liked either, much like he was in, in that day. Because you see, evil hates truth. Today, evil hates truth. But God is truth. Evil and the world hates God. <clears throat> we see as we read throughout uh, his book, the day of the Lord is used more, the, the phrase the day of the Lord is used more than any other Old Testament prophet. And he used it to warn Judah that the final days were near, that the final days were coming, and it was going to happen through a divine judgment at the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. 
We see in chapter 1 and 2 and the first part of chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, we see where the focus of where Zephaniah focuses on the Lord's wrath and the day of the Lord, the Lord's judgment. It was a day that was that was drawing near. It reads in the in, in the first part of chapter chapter one that it was a day of wrath, that it was a day of trouble and distress, devastation and gloominess, clouds and and thick darkness and alarm. What a depressing state of the society it was. In Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, he says, I will bring distress on the people, and they will walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood will be poured out like dust, and their entrails like filth or dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of His jealousy, the whole world will be consumed, for He will make a sudden end of all who live in the earth. Folks, that's God's Word. That's the truth of what God's judgment will look like. And He's talking about that in chapter 1. When we move over to chapter 3, we see that Zephaniah ends the book offering some some powerful truths. You see, even in the midst of him prophesying how bad things were going to be and and how discouraging things were at that time, he still encourages the people to seek the Lord. And folks, I'm here today to encourage you to seek the Lord too. Because there will be a day of wrath, there will be a day of judgment where you will not be able to make a decision. That decision needs to be made today. Zephaniah proclaimed the hope of a promised salvation to the faithful remnant for remnant for those who were who were God's people. There was still hope for God's people to be delivered from the wrath and from the judgment. We see in in Zephaniah chapter three, if you will, turn over to Zephaniah chapter three, where the Lord says, in the midst of all of the uh, all of the chaos going on. He says in verse chapter 3, verse 8, He says, Therefore, wait for Me. Wait for Me. You see, God's plan and God's timing is perfect, and it very rarely lines up with our plan and our timing, does it? But His timing is perfect, and He's saying that that yes, judgment is coming, wrath is coming, but just wait on me. And he goes on throughout chapter 3 and he says in the end that I will protect you, that I will watch over you, that I will care for you. I will relieve you from any of the pain that's going to happen. He says, wait for me. He says, therefore wait for me, declares the Lord, for the day I will stand up to testify. I have decided to assemble the nations, to gather the kingdoms, and to pour out my wrath on them. All my fierce anger. The whole world will be consumed by the fire of my jealous anger. He says it again here in chapter 3 that he said over 
in chapter 1 that the whole world is going to be consumed. The whole world is going to come under His wrath and judgment. And that's in verse 8. Then look at what He does in, in verse 9. He turns His attention from the enemies of God to the people of God. And I pray that's where you are today, that you are a person of God, that you are a child of God today. If so, this, is, this passage is for you. If not, the previous ones were for you. Okay, so here we go in, in verse 9. It says, Then I will purify the lips of my people. I will purify the lips of my people that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve Him Shoulder to shoulder. Folks, that is for us. Let me ask you today, do you know God loves you? Do you know God loves you today? If you don't, I want to tell you that He does. God loves you today. Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know how much God loves you? No, you don't. (laughs) I don't. Nobody does. We can't measure the love that God has for us. It's, it's unconditional and it's, it's immeasurable. But God loves us so much. He loves us so much that He gave His Son. He gave His, His only Son so that we could have forgiveness of sin, so that we could have eternal life. He created us because He wanted to be in a relationship with me and you. He wanted to have communion. He wanted to have fellowship with somebody like me. See, folks, I know my heart. I know know it ain't right. And I'm going to guess you'll say the same thing about your heart. And I know it's not pure, and I know my heart is a sinful heart. Nevertheless, God still wants to know us still wants to be in fellowship with us, still wants a relationship with us. God's Word says that you are the apple of His eye. Yes, sir. You are His treasure. Amen. He wants you. He wants you to spend eternity with Him. Again, to the point that, that He allowed His Son to be crucified for me and you. For everybody outside these walls. For the good and the not so good. He loves you. And he wants to do, he won't, he'll do anything in the world. He's done everything for you. He just wants you to receive his grace and his mercy to plead for your forgiveness. To accept Him as your Lord and Savior so that you can have eternal life with Him. That is why He sent His Son. So that no one would perish, that no one would die, but have everlasting life through Him. We see in in, in Zephaniah chapter 3 where in verses 14 through 17, where it describes God's love and God's faithfulness to us. And so we're going to break that down a little bit and we're going to look in deeply into 
into verse 17. But it says, seeing in verse 14, chapter 3, Seeing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemies. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. And never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. For the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you and with His love. And He will rejoice over you with singing. Praise God. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that loves us. That's the faithful God that we, that we adore, that we worship, that we praise and we exalt today. It says, Sing, daughter of Zion. Sing a shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. You see, these people are being called to, to rouse their faith. Folks, we're being called to rouse our faith today too. They're told to rejoice with, with all their heart. Let me ask you today, are we rejoicing with all our heart today in the faith that we have in Christ Jesus? The people of God were to, to rejoice as if they've already won. See, they, they, they were being prophesied too that things are going to get really ugly. Things are really ugly right now. But we have to live, uh, Zephaniah was telling them to, to live like you've already won. Like you're, you're, you're living in, in victory. Even though victory is not now, it's sometime off in the future. But they're to live in anticipation of that victory. Oh, what a glorious day that'll be. And so Zephaniah was telling them to, to live in anticipation. He's telling us to live in anticipation of that glorious day. Now, do we live in anticipation of other things? Maybe a birthday party or wedding anniversary or let me tell you one thing. The Bradley household has been living in anticipation for, as one comes in right now. <laughs> We've been anticipating Carly and Brett selling their house and moving. We've been anticipating the arrival of uh, the, two, the, the twins tomorrow morning. Uh, we've been anticipating the wedding next weekend. And so we've, we've been filled with anticipation, filled with excitement. But nothing compares to the anticipation and the excitement of living in that glorious day with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And oh, what a glorious day that will be. Indeed, we have been living in anticipation of Maggie and Palmer's arrival tomorrow and fixing up their rooms and, and uh, trying to get things finished up and ready for tomorrow and following the doctor visits. And, and thank you so much for all of y'all that have continued to ask, you know, how's she doing? What's the doctor said? Everything okay. Thank you. Been buying stuff. Two sets of stuff. Watching the ultrasound go from an embryo to a little child. To two little children, two little babies. Man, you see in the, in the ultrasound, you can see their face. You know, when we had our ultrasound, it was just a little peanut for her, you know. 
that's all we got to see. But, but now you can see what they're going to look like Amen. before they even come out. Mm-hmm. How great is that? How awesome is our God? That's what were the people here in Zephaniah? What were they? What were they rejoicing for? What were they anticipating? Look at verse 15. It says, The Lord has taken away your punishment. God has given you forgiveness. God has taken away the, the wrath. He said, He's turned back your enemies. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. Folks, that is a tremendously comforting verse there, isn't it? To to know that God has, has taken away our punishment, that He's turned back our enemies, that the King, the Lord Jesus is with us, and that we'll never fear any harm. Folks, that's something to rejoice about, to shout and sing hallelujah about, because that is what we're anticipating. In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says in verse 16, On that day they will, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands go limp. In other words, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Even in the midst of everything going on in your life today in 2021, don't be discouraged. Live in victory. And he continues in verse 17. It says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In His love, He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Wow. That's some good stuff right there. Amen. One person said that, that, that verse 17 is the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Let's look at that and see what, how that might be true. It says, the Lord your God is with you. I want you to hear this. Hear this as we break down this, this verse. The Lord God is with you. He is your companion. It literally means He's in your midst. He's here with you. He's walking alongside you as your companion. He is in the midst of everything you're doing. Isn't that encouraging? He is your ever, ever, he is your ever present help in, in times of trouble. He is, your, he is your strength. He is in your midst, right there with you. Let me raise this question though. Are you in the midst of or doing something that you would not want the Lord to be in the midst of? You see, if the Lord is in your midst, are we involved in something that the Lord doesn't want to be a part of? If we are, God calls us to change that activity, to change that habit, to change that vice, to change that, that lifestyle, to change whatever it is in your life that you know God doesn't need to be a part of, that God won't be a part of. Amen. 
but God is with you. The next thing it says, the Lord your God is the mighty warrior who saves. He is the mighty warrior who saves. This is the ultimate message of hope. He is mighty to save. He's taken away your enemy. He's taken away your punishment. He is the victor who is to help us. He is victorious over death and, and sin and, the, and Satan. He is alive. He is the warrior who protects you and keeps you safe. He is the warrior who gives you victory. He is mighty to bring salvation. He is mighty to deliver. He is mighty to provide. He is mighty to rescue. He is mighty to defend. He is mighty to bring victory to you. Amen. And praise God for that. Folks, God wants to help us. God wants to help the humble-hearted. God wants to help those who are desperately dependent upon Him. Those who desperately desire Him. He is a mighty warrior who saves. He says He will take great delight in you. The God of the universe, the God of all creation, looks down and takes delight in you. He sings joy over you. He loves you. He's joyful over you. He's celebrating over you. Creator of the universe. says He will rejoice over you. He takes great delight in you. He takes great delight in, in, in your relationship with Him. He will rejoice over you with joy and singing. Do you hear that? The Lord God Almighty will celebrate, will rejoice with joy and singing in His heart over you and me. Praise God! What an awesome word that is. The Father rejoicing over us echoes throughout the universe. His heart is, is happy, is thrilled, is tickled to death when, when someone comes to Him in repentance. It says along with Him, the, the angels in heaven are rejoicing when one comes to Christ through repentance. Now how do we do that? In Psalm 51 has created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. God loves a humble heart. God loves a, a repentant heart that confesses their waywardness, their sinfulness and changes their life accordingly. And when we do that, it says a party breaks out in heaven. Martin Luther said, He will cause you to be silent, so that you may have in the secret places of your heart a very quiet peace and a peaceful silence. Psalm 23 says, He makes me lie down in what? Green pastures. You just see, you see, he, he desires to bring a calm upon us. He, he wants to bring us a stillness in our heart and, and to remove the anxiety through our love for him and his love for us. And he wants us to experience that 
indescribable peace that only He can give. It says He will rejoice over you with singing. This, the idea is dancing with joy. It's, it's leaping with joy. I have a hard time in my mind visualizing God dancing and, and jumping for joy over me. <laughs> I, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> but what about you? But He does. That shows His love. For people like us. It originally meant to, to spin with intense motion. Yeah. Our grandson Noah, when he, <clears throat> he had this morning, he came running up the steps, but uh, when he comes to the house and Caroline gets him out of the car, he'll come running in the house, Papa, Papa, you know, runs to me with his arms held out and I pick him up and I give him a big squeezer hug and spin him around and Love that little kid. And I think when I read that verse, that's what I thought about God doing to us. He wants to grab us up and give us a big squeezer hug and, and hold on to us and just love on us and tell us He loves us. And He rejoices over, over our salvation, over us coming into the kingdom of God. And that's the God that we serve. That's the God that we're here to worship today. Amen. God loves you. Don't ever forget it. He loves you more than we'll ever be able to know. And God continues talking about what He's going to do. He says in, in verse 18 through 20, He says, I will do this and this and this. Listen to what He says. He says, I will remove you from all who mourn over the loss, who are appointed festivals, which is a burden and a reproach for you. At that time, I will <clears throat> deal with all who oppress you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they've suffered shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise. Folks, these are the the promises of God. God is a good, good God. God is a good Father. Amen. He is faithful and His promises are true and His promises will be kept. Again, He says, I will remove from you those who mourn. I will deal with those who oppose you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather those in exile. I will give them, I will give them praise and honor wherever they've suffered shame. I will gather you on that day. I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise. That's God's promises. Yes, there's still going to be troubles ahead. Yes, there's still going to be difficulties ahead. Yes, there's still going to be suffering ahead. But God's will will be accomplished. He is faithful and His promises will be fulfilled. And God has taken away the believer's punishment. He is mighty to save and He will save His people. Praise God. Folks, God loves you. And He wants us to love Him as much as He loves us. Even though that's impossible. 
In other words, He wants us to love us, love Him with everything we have. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, Son Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in Him, the Son of God, will not perish. If you put your faith and your hope and your trust and your love in Him, you will not perish. But His promise says that you will have eternal life. Let me ask you today, are are you loving God the way you need to? Are you rejoicing in in your salvation today? Today, maybe today is the day to to renew your spirit, to to draw near to Him, to awaken your faith, to shout to the Lord, to be glad and rejoice with with all your heart. Let me ask you, can you rejoice today? Can you rejoice today in your salvation? Is your heart at peace with your relationship with Christ? Is everything well with your soul? Is everything okay? Okay between you and God? Do you have peace today in where your eternal life will be spent? It will be spent in one of two places and we make the choice. We choose God or we choose Satan. We We choose heaven or we choose hell. We choose it in life, not in death. Once we die, the choice is over. We have made a choice. Let me ask you today, where do you stand? Are you at peace? Is it well with your soul? Maybe you need to draw close to God again. Maybe there's something in your life you're dealing with, a vice, a habit, a hobby, whatever it might be, that you need to get rid of. Maybe maybe you're struggling with it. Maybe it's a time to come to the Lord and say, I need your help, God. You know my heart. I want to change. What is it in your life? How is it that God has spoken to you this morning? What message has He laid on your heart? What conviction has He laid on your heart today? We're going to sing a, a hymn of invitation. It is well with my soul. And I pray that you can honestly sing that today. That everything is okay with your soul. I pray that as we open up the altar during the high time of invitation that you will Come and and just rest in the Lord. Celebrate in His goodness. Celebrate in the joy of your salvation today. Bring renewal to your life. God has brought you here today. God has allowed you to watch this today. And He desires today for you to respond to Him in a way that's pleasing to Him, not responding to me or to anybody else. These next few minutes are for you and God. Will you come and spend it with Him? Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for the promises of Your Word. The promise to protect us. The promise to save us. The promise to rescue us. The promise to 
remove our enemies. Oh God, we, we live in anticipation of that great day. Oh, what a glorious day indeed it will be when we stand face to face, when we enter into the glories of heaven to spend all of eternity. Father, if there's someone here today that doesn't know that they will spend eternity with You, God, today is the day of their salvation. And Father, maybe for some today it's just a time of prayer and renewal. A time of resetting our focus on You. For God, we acknowledge that the wrath is coming, Your judgment is coming. May we be ready. May we be prepared. May we be about, be about preparing ourselves until that day comes for that glorious day. Hear our prayer, O Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs>